Hello, what's going on? Rich Ryan here, Reinforced Running Podcast. Kicking it old school, got an interview today. Colin Stifer, very excited to have him on. He's made a splash in the High Rocks world this year, becoming part of the top 15 and he'll race in Chicago this upcoming weekend. He's an extremely high-level CrossFitter. He finished top 80, I believe, in the CrossFit Worldwide Open, which you know the thing about CrossFit is no joke. If you meet anybody who's like in the top 1,000, they're probably the best CrossFitter at your gym. So Colin's one of the best CrossFitters out there, and he has transitioned really well into this hybrid space. So we do a lot of talking about how he's kind of shifted his mentality around training, about what he's learned from racing so far, and how it feels like coming from this experience is more like the strength and high intensity athlete into more of a hybrid endurance athlete. So a lot of really cool info. He's also a gym owner, trainer, the whole deal, very knowledgeable, awesome stuff. We'll be coming back at you with some more short form solo episodes as we go on, but this is just part of the process here. I want to make sure everything is going to be as much quality as possible. So if that means not having something every week because I'm not feeling good about the quality, if that means having some interviews because uh, here and there, so it gives time to prepare, if that means doing some, uh, taking a break from preparing to get to high quality interview like this one here with Colin, that's just what's, what it's going to be for the foreseeable future. So I hope you enjoy this interview. I think you will very much. Here we go. Colin Stiefer. And we're going to find out right now. Colin Stiefer, what's up, dude? How are you? I'm good, Rich. How are you doing today? Wait, did I say it wrong again? No, you said it right. Steeper. Steeper. I, I, I waffle. I'm back and forth on that thing. Dude, I'm really excited to chat with you. I uh, got a chance to, to meet you in High Rocks LA. Uh, you've made a splash in the High Rocks world. You're going to be in that Elite 15. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling really good. I'm super excited. The uh, This is all very new to me. So I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday. I wish it was... Uh, I kind of wish it was this weekend so we could just kind of get after it, get back out on the, like get racing because now it's kind of just a don't mess anything up until that time kind of deal, you know? Like the tapers, like never fun. It's yeah. it's almost like you're there and you're like, great. But you, I, when I, when I do it, I feel like I'm playing defense and I always want to be making progress in training. And when it's just like, just maintain or just make sure nothing's happening. It's kind of hard. It's super hard. I was having a conversation this morning with, uh, with one of the members in my gym, her name is Sean. And I was, and I had to say it out loud. I'm like, I'm just going to tell you this just because then it's out there in the universe and not just in my head. I'm like, I need next week. I got, I need to be smart because I know like what the plan is. I know how to execute it, but it's harder almost, it's almost harder mentally than it is physically to not just keep grinding. For like, right. You know? And it's like, yeah, it's just hard. It's hard. I agree with that because <clears throat> there's just always so much to work on. And especially something like High Rocks, it, it, literally you could always do something to, to make, help improve upon because there's so many different domains. Right. But you just got to see. Right. You just got to see how it goes. Yep. And that's, and I mean, you know, because I'm sure, I'm sure you probably like jacked up a taper before. You're like, man, I'm feeling good. Let's push it a couple more days or something like that. You're like, I don't need quite as long. And then come race day or whenever it's time to execute, you're like, as soon as the gun goes off or whatever it is, you're like, Oh no. <laughs> I've, I've probably done the opposite. I've, I'm usually pretty conservative. I've probably okay. done. I mean, I think that's just like on the endurance side of things. And when I like even training in like high school, we didn't really do very much. So it was always about like being as fresh as possible, fresh as possible, fresh as possible. So I think that gets into my head a little bit too much where I could probably do a little bit more. And because if you do if for me, if I'm not doing, uh, if I drop off too much, I get like a, like a flatness 
Okay. And in, in, in the way I'm feeling, which I think is a little bit mental, it has to be some mental, right? Like what could phys- physiologically happen to be like, oh, now I'm not fast because I'm overly rested. I'm right. not exactly sure, but uh, I usually do the opposite. I'm usually pretty conservative on it. Okay. I'm sure there's definitely a component to that because I think, I'm trying to think of a good example, but there are some workouts that I personally hit, and I'm sure you've probably had, felt this too, where it's like that first round doesn't feel your body's like you're not quite as ready to fire as the third round might feel or the fifth round might feel or whatever mm-hmm. what the workout is. So you're like, there's something go- about being like a little bit fatigued, but not too much that your like central nervous system's shot or anything like that, that puts you in the right place to be. Cause that's how we train normally. Right. It's like, we don't always hit training sessions at a hundred percent all the time. So to then try to get to like a hundred percent on race day is kind of a weird concept. Cause it's like, well, I don't really train that way. I don't, I don't really know what a hundred percent feels like because how often are you at a hundred? Right. And it's like the built-in fatigue that, that is just always kind of on, uh, like on our backs during training that stops us. Or is it the mental side of like, Hey, there's not as much on the line here. Right. Can we go further? But I'm with you. Like how much can you actually go hundred percent training? I don't know. Like, and if you're doing it often, you're probably doing too much You're probably, right. or, or you're not doing enough. Right. And that you're not, that fatigue should kind of sit there on you to get that overload. Um, but I feel like that almost every, every running intervals workout, I don't know if it has to do with my age, but like every, if I'm doing like something like five by five minutes, those first five minutes, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do any of these. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is going to go very poorly. And then it just gets a little better and better and better. But then it's like worse again, but at least I made it there. Yes. But then those middle ones, you're like, okay, wait, so this is how I intended to feel. I'm good. Thank right. You. Cause it's like, that is funny. And you did like speak when it comes to running intervals, especially since it's, that's newer, that's newer, like style of training or a different kind of workout than I guess I'm used to hitting. Um, I feel that often that first one, you're like, Oh no, <laughs> I got five or six or eight or whatever it is of these. You're like, I can't, I can hardly do one, but then you get into two and three and you're like, okay, now I'm good. I've been tell I tell myself that pretty much every workout is like, okay, the first one is going to be the worst. So when it starts to feel terrible and maybe it is just a matter of the perceived exertion and just not being, being there, or there is a little, maybe just not being properly warmed up or, or whatever yeah. it is. or you get a little bit of that uh, lactic byproduct in your system for the first time and it doesn't fit. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to tell myself that every, every workout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this one's going to suck and that's fine. The next right. one will hopefully be better. Right. And then we're well, it's, go. Like, it's probably not the end of the world to feel that way sometimes because I don't know. I try to think about it like, okay, so if that say that first interval really sucks, like it's not really going to feel in my head. It's like, okay, I convince myself. Okay. It's not going to feel any worse than I'm going to feel coming off of like the sled push. That's sure. Like, I rocks. You're like, so if this sucks and I can get back to my paces and rounds two, three, four, five in the workout, which would be three, four, five, six, seven, and the race, cool. Now I've practiced coming back from feeling like trash to now I can get back to where the game plan doesn't have to go out the window. That's ideally what it should be doing, right? <laughs> it's like should be setting yourself in, building fatigue over over each interval and being able to really kind of put yourself in that mental grindy spot. I mean, there's obviously like a physiological thing that's happening as well, but the mental part, especially for high rocks, is is, is definitely a challenge. Um how you liking the volume of it? How you like, like cause your, your, your background's CrossFit. You own a CrossFit gym in mm-hmm. Tennessee. What's your CrossFit? What's it called? Uh, my gym is called OS fit. OS fit. Yep. Okay. Did you, you, did you affiliate? 
Uh, no, we're technically not an affiliate, so we're a functional fitness gym. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, we've been open now uh, next month, so the start of March will be a year. So, oh, wow. So we're relatively new. Um, it's kind of kind of a funny story how we opened. So in Cookville, Tennessee, which is where we're from, the like arguably the best CrossFit gym in the world, CrossFit Mayhem is located. Yeah, you can make an easy argument for that. It would be a... Wouldn't be hard to convince anybody of that. Definitely in the conversation if <laughs> you have a counter argument. So there was one other CrossFit gym in Cookville, um, CrossFit 2237. And it had been around a relatively small gym, I think maybe like 60 to 80-ish members, which is kind of where we're at right now. We're right in the middle. Um, and the owner, they'd been open for like five or six years or something like that. And the owner just like told all of his members one week at the end of February last year that, hey, on Friday this is our last day and we're closed. So he gave them like a week heads up and they're like, Hey, you got, you got to find somewhere else to go. And so I had a couple of buddies that went to two, two, three, seven. And, uh, they called me up and they're like, Hey, can, uh, can you help us out? We need somewhere to work out. And so within the course of a week, found a spot, did everything we could to get all the equipment that we had, took everything that we had from home. My girlfriend and myself bought, spent way more money than we probably should have on equipment. <laughs> and, uh, we, we opened up shop. Where were you doing? What were you doing before that? Um, so we we live about twenty minutes north of Cookville. So we were going to um, a small a CrossFit gym up in the town that we live in in Livingston called CrossFit Overton at the time. Um, and I was doing like personal training and nutrition and stuff like that. Um, so the owner of that gym helped me out, um, like getting some equipment. We borrowed some equipment from that gym to help open up a space down here. Um, it's like 20 minutes, but it's all highway. So it's like 13 miles straight shot. Yeah. yeah. Did, um, did you get to grab some of the equipment from two, two, three, seven? That's too many numbers. Usually it's like an area code. Yeah. It's all, it's yeah. It's a mouthful. That's for sure. I think it's a Bible verse, Ah, I see. Uh, but I'm not familiar with which one that is. Got it. Me neither. No, no, we weren't, we weren't able to get any of that. Equipment what? <laughs> that should, that, that should have been the easy transfer. It, you would have thought so. Cause like, theoretically it's like, okay, close down. You got everything that you need to support this number of people because that's what you're doing right now. Let's just, can I have that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that didn't, didn't end up being the case, which, and it works out, but over like when we first opened up, the biggest thing was like, okay, we don't have rubber flooring. How do I have, how do I get 5,000 square feet of rubber to put down on this floor? So we're not doing burpees on concrete that was under carpet. One it's like time. cold. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, nobody's gonna. And especially in like 2022, you can't like, you can't start a CrossFit gym on concrete floors. It doesn't work that way. People have higher expectations. Mm -hmm. Like if it was 2010, sure, you can get away with that. I've definitely gone to like, um, we just moved to to a new place and I, we have this like detached garage back there and that's the gym. So I'm on this hunt as well, like figuring out how to, how to outfit the thing. Yeah. But I've definitely rolled up to places, I think in the Pacific Northwest, probably around that time, 2011, 2012. Or it was just like some dude's gym, some dude's like garage that I was in. Yep. Like I've done many workouts there and was like, this was great. But yeah. these days, these days, no, it's not uh they will come if you just open the doors. For sure. Well, and it's kind of, it's not really that much different, I guess, than High Rocks or Decker are kind of at where it's like when things first start, like it's different, it's new and you're still working out the kinks. So like things look different as things progress and mature. It's like the expectation is just higher. Right. You know, and it's like, Especially like building out like, like you have so many opportunities. Like if you want to spend money, you can make it look like CrossFit Mayhem in there if you wanted to, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, 
So I don't know. I think the bar just gets raised. So it's like there's a minimum expectation you got to meet, and that's put having floor on the ground. <laughs> the, that's that's definitely part of the minimum is having <laughs> the, the rubber flooring. Yeah, for sure. So, but uh, so but it's yeah. been about a year. Yeah, been about a year. I don't remember what the question was. We got a little sidetracked. Uh, I think we well we were just talking. Uh, I think I asked like two or three questions in one question. Okay. And so you answered, you definitely answered one of them, which was okay. great. So you got a gym there. Um, you're taking members from, from the Froning squad. I'm, I'm guessing people coming right over in droves. Yeah. <laughs> not a chance. It's very, it's, it's interesting because they're, you know, I, like everybody's different, right? So the, like the environment and the type of people in the community that we have is more like tight knit. We have a lot of like moms and dads and even, grandmas and grandpas where the goal is not quite as competitive as mm-hmm. it is, hey let's move so i can be fitter so i can coach my kids basketball team or if you're a grandparent you can go watch your kids play soccer on the weekend or you can watch them without like if your parent like if, if your grandparent watched your kids while their parents go to work whatever so you can your your quality of life is better right mm-hmm. so not quite as competitive like nobody's looking to go to the games you know if you're going right. to go to the crossfit games you're going to train across the because they have the resources they've got the the knowledge the know-how and the environment that makes that possible that's so interesting too how that's kind of splintered because i feel like back in the day it'd be like you just go wherever's close and if you were a good enough athlete like you could potentially make yourself the regional so it's like gyms all over the place having high level athletes mm-hmm. but now they have kind of side of themselves like there's uh two gyms that i've belonged to here in denver and uh one was just based off of <clears throat> convenience for me and i went there and it was very much prob- probably closer probably younger clientele than what that what you have there but but mostly people there for the social part and just want to get a workout in and whatever um and then i recent a uh, couple months back moved to a gym that sent a uh, team to the games they were top 10 in okay. the games last year um and the whole gym is that way it's not just like oh they have seven competitors it's like everyone's a monster they have like a hundred awesome crossfitters at that gym and it's like people go there for that reason so that's interesting to me as well it's now it's like where is like it i feel like the demographic used to be target market would be just like anybody who wanted to try this and would be competitive whatever and like whoever's around is what it is but now there seems to be different approaches to are are you leaning into that a little bit more trying to like be like okay this is what people we need to serve yeah i think so really just because so if the goal I think it's just a difference between like what was CrossFit traditionally versus what is CrossFit the sport, right? you know? So it's like, they're just two different animals and not that you want to like say, Hey, they can't, there's no intermingling, no like middle ground. I feel like the difference between like health and then sport, I mean, like, you know, there's, there's difference, Mm -hmm. right. In terms of like what programming is going to look like on a daily basis and what the type of people that walk through your door are going to expect and want to get out of it. So I feel like we're definitely leaning into the, into like the health and wellness aspect a little bit, but mostly um, organically, like not purposely just, Hey, this is, this is what we have to offer. And if you want to be competitive, that's awesome. We can help you and we can certainly get you as far as you want to go. But if you like, if you were to walk in today, like walk through the doors right over there and be like, Hey, Colin, I want to go to the CrossFit games, help me get there. I'd be like, all right, well, my first recommendation would probably be to go three miles down the street. <laughs> they might be able to help you. Better. <laughs> yeah, they know how to do it. We can try. Sure. But are you willing to roll the dice on that? I don't know. That's up to you. Right. Yeah. You know, right. So, 
that it just kind of serving the community, right? Is what sure. And it's, and, and really, yeah, it's, I, it's really cool. Cause I feel like there's such a big community aspect to the gym where like people, it seems like there are some days where everybody would be just as happy if we sat around and just talked for an hour <laughs> and, instead of working out, you know, cause right. like, but he's, everybody's friends with everybody. Everybody wants to know about what went on yesterday or over the weekend. It's really fun. It's like a group of everybody seems like it's a group of friends, but the group that you get together is so unique to where like, if we didn't have this community, like if fitness didn't bring us together, if CrossFit functional fitness, whatever you want to call it, brought them together, those people would never cross paths in any other aspect of their life because they all have different jobs. Their hobbies are different. They wouldn't cross paths if it wasn't for this type of exercise, which I think is awesome. Isn't there a term like it's like your your first place is your home, second place is work, and then there's like a third place that where people could congregate where they would go there most often? And like sounds like that's like what the gym piece would be for a lot of your members. For sure. For sure. Um, well, let's kind of talk about training. So I was yeah. asking mostly because I mean you came from a CrossFit background. <clears throat> the the volume that you can do in terms of training for CrossFit is like massive. Mm-hmm. But the events themselves, unless you are an actual games athlete, they're probably what a third of what we're doing in high rocks. So yeah. how has it been adjusting like to that competition style? It's a, uh, it's interesting because if you go to so like any local CrossFit competition, most of them are one day. You, if you're lucky, it'll be a two day competition or something like that. If it's a little bit higher mm. level local competition, um, and maybe that's five five events. Even if it's a two day event, usually they kind of just spread them out a little bit more. It's mm-hmm. just a bigger competition. And like long and CrossFit is like 20 minutes. Right. You no, know, anything over, like anything over that 15 minute mark is long, which is funny because we think long and that's a, it's a totally different kind of like in high rocks, that's a totally different animal. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're like 20 minute workout. If it's like high rock specific or anything like that is nothing. You're like, well, there better be some really heavy sled pushes in there because Otherwise, I'm not putting in enough volume across that 20 minutes. Or super intense running or something yeah. like that. It's just like the intensity has to be ramped way up from what we're typically doing. Yes. So so it's interesting. I I much prefer even – I much prefer – I prefer the volume. I've always preferred the volume side, especially in, even in like CrossFit when I was just like for the last five years, when it's all been like just CrossFit all the time. It's always – I've always leaned towards the longer longer side of things, more aerobic. Um so I really enjoy the difference how in high rocks. I like I like the way that high rocks is structured, um, and I really like the event style too because it's fun. It's cool because you get jack like you get jazzed up once you hit a big piece and then you're done. You can lay down on the ground. You can die. You cannot worry about having to walk again after it. You can lay it all out on the line. Mm-hmm. When you've got five little short sprints to do and three of those five, it, one's a max lift one's 90 seconds long and another one's three and a half minutes, but then you get one 12 minute workout and one, maybe 16 minute workout, but it's has a three minute rest in there. So not really, you really like, it's just such a different style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, like the, the conservation of energy and like pouring out of resources is a completely different thing. I mean, there's definitely an aspect to that in CrossFit and the highest level CrossFitters do that really well, right? They yeah. know what, what they, what pace they can do for seven minutes mm-hmm. where like un. Uh, less experienced crossfitters be like, it's only seven minutes. I got to go as hard as possible. And they're dead in 90 seconds. Right. Right. But we have to go like spreading it out across a super long duration. Yeah. So the pacing is very important, especially in like the earlier stages of it. And it's, and it's interesting. Right. And especially like I've heard people talk about it, like um, 
high rocks athletes that have the endurance background where running, where they started running and it's like, okay, now let's learn the stations. Let's get into strength training so that I can move the sled, do whatever. The concept of like, okay, I need to slow this run down, like well below what I'm capable of so that I have the ability to move through this station is when I hear that said, it's funny to me because I'm like, really, I'm thinking the exact opposite. (laughs) You're coming from it from the opposite. And that's, that's one thing that I, I think you're probably probably the most successful athlete to come from the other side of it. My ex Michaela Norman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that right on the women's side, but uh, on the men's side, I don't think that there's many people who come from that CrossFit piece or even something that would be who are other stations, like a rower or whatever, mm-hmm. someone like a high level who could do all the other pieces has been able to figure out how to manage their energy on the stations and still run fairly well at a pretty high level. Right. It's, it's interesting. And it's like, we'll see how it plays out. I'm kind of excited to see. Cause so, um, at North American champs or U S champs, whatever you want to call it, because it'll be my third race. Mm -hmm. And, um, my first one went pretty well. I was pretty pleased with it, but I felt like I was a little conservative because I didn't really know. I didn't want to get to a point where I was like, okay, I can't go anymore. You know? So it's like, I didn't want to have like a six minute station or drop the bag on the lunges because you sold out too much, you know, and now now you don't get to finish because the bag hit the ground or something. Right. Right. And then in Los Angeles, super excited because you were there, Rich Ryan was there, Ryland was, or uh, Ryan Kent was Ryan there, Kent. Ryland was there, Mark Howe was there. I'm like, these guys rock, let's go. And um, came out way too hot, skied too fast, and then felt like I was going to throw up. For <laughs> we were all in the pain cave that day. I don't think anybody had fun. They say not to do that. And I'm like, all right, got it, understood. <laughs> and you go do it. And you're like, oh, I understand now why they say not to do that. Well, it's hard, especially on the first time when you're, uh, you felt like you may have been conservative, where you're like, so like where there's somewhere in between where yes. like LA and Chicago, where you ran like 61, what were your 61 what? Six, I want to say like 47 or 48. 61, 40 something in, in yeah. Chicago, yeah. Um, but like, it's hard to know. It's like how many steps above where I went out conservative do I need to go? And maybe like going out in LA, you probably thought was maybe just one step up more aggressive, but maybe it was like five steps more aggressive. So right. it's like some middle spot there that you need to kind of find. And only in like, when you only have two races, like you're not, you're probably not going to nail it the second time. So that, that's kind of the hope. It's like, okay, so if we were conservative and then we shot out of a cannon and we blew up, all right, now try to find the middle ground. Don't make okay. the same mistake twice. So so what are you thinking? What are you going to do? I'm not going to ski as fast. Because you you can hammer those, right? Like, what were you doing in, in LA? Were you like 140? Yeah, one, well, like between 138 and 140 the whole time. <laughs> and it sucks because you feel so great. And usually, like, and especially in any kind of CrossFit workout, whatever the machine is, if it's a skier, if it's a rower, if it's a C2 bike or an assault bike, it's like if you're like, hey, Colin, hold this pace, whatever it is. If it's meters or calories, whatever the unit is, I'm like, cool, no problem. Like whatever it is, whatever point it comes in, but that's because the duration's short enough to where it's like, okay, I can hurt that long. So in LA, you come out, you know, and third or fourth person into the station, whatever, and everybody looks like they're moving. I'm like, I can hold this pace. And then you get out and you start running. You're like, oh, I'm hurting a little bit. (laughs) You get to the sled and you're like, yeah, no, I'm really hurting a lot more than I thought I was. And you're only two out of eight stations in. So it's scary. Mm-hmm. you know and like in the back in the bottom of your or like in the back of your head you're like don't think about it but you're like i'm gassed and i have a lot more running to do and a lot more work to put in and there's nowhere to hide 
right? right? Like you can't, like you could slow the runs down for sure, but you you would be making the choice to right. have your time and performance suffer mm-hmm. so that you don't feel as terrible. And maybe you could manage the stations later. When it's that early, you're just in a hard right. spot. Well, and that's seven runs to slow down. That really right. adds up. And right. it, across a thousand meters. So on both the skier and the rower, if you're five seconds slower per 500 meters, that's 10 seconds per station, right? Which, and the difference between say like a 140 and a 145 on the ski and the row is huge or 145, 150, whatever that is. That's the difference from being slightly uncomfortable to being, I could do this all day pace, mm-hmm. kind of. And that's only 10 seconds across the thousand meters. Right. So sacrifice 10 seconds on station one and station five, the row. And you, if you can maintain your run pace, that's, you can make up those 10 seconds. Those 10 seconds are worth sacrificing there. Definitely. Even just for just how you're going to feel coming out, just like for the mental spot of like, oh, okay, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. That's when I've had my best races is coming off of the sled where I'm like, I'm actually fine. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not dead yet. And like you you can manage being dead, but not great. Like it's not, it's more surviving as opposed to racing, but you can come off and be like, okay, I can, I still have options for what I can do. It's right. just, it's just such a better feeling. <laughs> well, and it's, it's a little counterintuitive, right? Because it, it's racing. We call mm-hmm. it racing. So to come out of the gate and be like, okay, control this first run, feel good through the ski because you got to manage these two sleds. It seems, at least in my head, it's like counterintuitive because you're like, no, we're racing. It's supposed mm-hmm. to hurt. You're like, yeah, well, it's a 60 minute race. So it's got to hurt later. You got to be smart. Yeah. If mm-hmm. it hurts now, you're not racing anymore. What was your background as a, as an athlete for CrossFit? Um, I played uh, tennis in college. Okay. Okay. So like endurance is this type of endurance rate racing as an individual is brand new. Pretty new. Yeah. Pretty new. I, I've I done cross country in high school. Okay. I wasn't like a, a great cross cross country runner, like low seventeens at the beginning of cross country. And then maybe my senior year I was in the 16 somewhere. It's pretty good. It's better than most. Yeah. Like, like you had to have been top five on your team, right? Like, like if I scored some points for my team, that was, it was a good race. Okay. Okay. So like top five, top seven. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, tennis in college. And I wasn't like, uh, I walked on to our tennis team, um, small, uh, private school of, in, in the quad cities in Iowa. Um, it's called St. Ambrose university. And I had a great time there. I met all my best friends. And then, uh, then I started CrossFit my senior year of college. Um, and then it's been all that ever since. Hmm. So well, that's good. You never really had a, a lull there. Just kind of went right into it, yeah. but still like understand like what, cause this race, this race does run more like a marathon than it does. Uh, like even like a, a 10 mile or like the time domain is kind of like that for most athletes. It's kind of be like a 15 K to 10 mile race. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe half marathon for some that are elite, but, uh, but like, yeah, managing that and like being able to be okay with letting the race go. Mm-hmm. it's, it is kind of hard to, to understand what, like, I have a hard time with that too. It's like, do, do, can I really go into this race and just be like, I'm going to be in seventh for a long time. And then maybe I'll end up, I end up on the podium by the end. Mm-hmm. Like, is that the best way to race this? And, or like, do I just deal with it and see what happens? But I haven't been, I haven't got my fitness to that point where it's like, I can ha- manage those first three stations and those three runs in, uh, in like a reasonable manner. I haven't figured it out yet. It's, it's interesting because 
I think if, if there's two alternatives, right? One is come out hot and try to hang on, but you might get picked off by everybody else that does the opposite strategy where it's come out conservative. And if you can ramp it up or maintain throughout the race, maybe you'll be able to pick off the people that came out too hot and are like burning out as we go. It's, it's kind of like race dependent, right? So who are you racing against and mm-hmm. what did they decide to do? Do you, have you, um, have you been following like the European side at all? Have you been like looking at the names and stuff? Do you like know who's who? I've been trying, I've been trying to stay on top of it. And especially since this is, I'm like a couple months into knowing about all of this, right. I'm trying to, I'm listening to all the podcasts. I'm watching all the updates that give us no information at all. Right. And, uh, <laughs> like I get so excited for those high rocks updates and I'm like, wait, they didn't say anything. They're just, they just like did a couple flashes and cut to some athletes and then they're like, tune into the next episode. Yep. Um, well, Tobias, Tobias Ludwig, he was, he was able to win the world championships in 2021 when uh, Hunter was kind of like 80% of what he was I'm not taking away anything from Tobias on that day. Just saying. Um, but then he won the European championships last year and he has a style of racing where he can kind of be conservative, but doesn't lose touch, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that, that for me anyway, that's where I need to be. It's like, if I can have a space to then be able to close the gap, then that's where I'm going to have to go. Or someone like Ryan Kent or Hunter, even they're aggressive, right? They want to be up front from, from the start and they're going to try to dictate the pace so they can dictate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think on your end of things? Would you rather be aggressive or would you rather kind of maintain a, a distance? I think um, more like Tobias style than like Kent or Hunter would. Just because I think like for those guys, like Ryan Kent and Hunter, they race from the front and that's what gives them the confidence to be like, all right, I buried these guys. Now I'm going to stay in front. Let's Mm -hmm. go. I think that in like in any kind of like race, if you're running from the front, it's way harder than if you can just pace off the person that's in front of you. So I think. I would like that, the consistency strategy, I say that, but again, that's not, that's not what I did it. That's not what I tried to do in Los Angeles. We'll see how this third one goes, but in my head before the race, stay consistent. And if you can maintain that or pick it up, come lunge and wall ball time, that's a better spot to be than go to the front and maybe burn yourself up trying to stay there. Cause the run piece for you, at least. Right. Like that's probably where you're going to put yourself, put yourself like in over your head a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause that's gotta be a, a strange place. Cause like, well, let's talk about the ski, like 140 or 138 is faster than anybody's going to do it. Like Hunter was able to do that and, uh, and row the same about. Mm-hmm. And have you found that, do you row and ski about the same pace? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny how that works out, but it does. It is. I think, I think it takes more and I don't know how much of it's mental versus physical, but I think it takes a little bit more effort on the ski than it does on the row. But uh, to get to manage it, well, well, you're hammering the freaking thing. One forty five is going to be as fast as anybody does it this year. I think. I think uh, at Euros, Ronkovich was probably one forty four ish, one forty one forty four, and that's fast. Yeah. So you can definitely chill on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and there's nothing worse than you finish whatever that station is and you head out on the, on the next run and you say you got like a 10 second lead on whoever's behind you. And then they run right past you. Right. Which is what, what, what or in halfway through the first lap because you're hurting a little bit in LA. I think we came into, we came into the sled pull together. I led you astray 
Yep. Yeah. We came into the backside and the judge is like kind of pointing us towards the right direction, but I don't think he really knew. And <laughs> I was like, like, I was like, follow me, new guy. We're going the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but luckily um, we didn't have any penalty. Like uh, we didn't go all, we didn't commit. So we didn't get the penalty or anything like that. Uh, yeah. I wonder how that happened. Did that what happened to Ryland? He went in the wrong side of a station. Yes. Uh, I think it was the run. So I think he went out maybe he went out the inn and then realized that. So then he ran back around to go out the correct. Yeah, maybe. Cause it, they, they screwed like, that's a just not logical course design to have it be like crisscross crisscross. Yeah. It's, it's like, things- just make up space somewhere else. Right. Um, um, but yeah, but even, so we went, we were, pretty close to each other. We were right next to each other on the push. I think it was like Ryan, uh, Kent, Rylan, you, me, or me, you, one of the two. Was uh, I was on the fourth. I was the first one. Yeah. Okay. And then it was very similar on the sled pull, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and then I don't know if it was after the sled pull or after the sled push. I don't remember which station, but I came out ahead. I think it was probably the sled push. And then I got, you passed me on the sled in one of those runs. And I remember like, keep your head down because we're hurting right now. And don't, don't think about people running faster than you right now, because that's not, that's not going to help with the whole mental game you're playing with yourself right now. Yeah. And that might be something, I mean, the, the, in terms of like the faster runners we're in Chicago, were you in the same heat as Dylan in Chicago? No, since Chicago was my first race, I was in the last heat. Oh, you were so in the last heat. Okay. I was with everybody else who it was their first time. Okay. So you were just rolling by where was Marcus Wallace in that heat too. He was I like, think he was in the heat ahead of me. Okay, so he was because there was yeah the first, second, and third were yeah. all different heats. Yeah, because we were talking about it afterwards, and we're like, Man, why didn't like why didn't we see each other? As, <laughs> right. What would you would you put your seed time in? Were you just like I don't know seventy? I put I put in the top one that you can put, so the hour to an hour fifteen. And I was oh, like, okay. I don't know if that's overconfidence, but like I tested it a couple times in the gym, not exactly right, but I was like, I'm, I can do it. Like Could be around at there. the very like I'm like 75 minutes. If I'm looking at the leaderboard, I'm like I can do 75. It's no problem. Yeah. So I'm like okay, an hour to an hour 15. Still in the last year. Because that's probably the fastest debut we've seen too. It, um, it's funny in that in the in the like lineup. So be, right before three, two, one, go. Everybody always tries to jockey for position on that starting line. And you're like you know within like the first hundred feet, whoever's going to be in front is going to end up in front. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Don't like, you don't have to elbow me out of the way. We're all in the last heat right now. We're people gonna- are ambitious. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people will, will be like, yeah, I'm, I want to do this. And I, I think I can be elite. I think I can run 60 minutes and like their first attempt and they run like, you know, 90. Right. Um, so it's like, people got to learn. Yeah. And, and it's they, interesting. They learn it's quick. funny, but it's like those same people that might elbow you out of the way are walking. Oh yeah. Halfway through. And you're like, Oh God, come on. Now you just made me a little bit frustrated before the workout started. <laughs> I just think we should all be friends. <laughs> um, so that's interesting that you were solo in that first one. So you, you've had two experiences where, cause that's the kind of thing with high reps too. It's like to run your optimal race. Do you just have to run kind of your own, your own race, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I, in hindsight, I appreciated that. I liked that the first one I got to do by myself mm-hmm. in a sense. Right. There was no, like, I didn't try to keep up with anybody. I was just doing what I could do for what I could do. I appreciate that for the first one. But then in the second one, like in LA, then I feel like it was just the exact opposite. So I was like, cool. I got all these guys that I want to race against. Now it's go time. And I just got too excited. I think. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. now that I've felt what that feels like, I'm like, okay, now I can, I can keep a little bit more of a level head and I don't have to like that energy. I'm not going to come out too hot now because I, I already made that mistake. So I think now, like, I'm really excited for the, this 15 that we're going to get to run or the 14 that we're going to get to run or 11 or however many, people. however many freaking show up because yeah, there's going to be people from the front to the middle. There's going to be somebody to race. Mm-hmm. Right. So even if like you're, you are staying conservative and you're, you know, seventh, 10th or whatever, yeah. um, there will be people there. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's part of me. I, I don't, I don't want to say like nervous cause I, I don't think I really get nervous. I call it just excitement cause it's kind of like how you look at it, but everybody that's going to be racing is pretty good. And it's like, I got a roll down invite for this, these North American championships. So it's like, I don't know. I don't really want to be running from the back, but there's a possibility if everybody shows up and does what they say they can do or have done quote unquote, then yeah, everybody's going to be a little bit ahead of me. I'm going to have to run better than I've run before. Nah, you'll be right in that mix no matter what, right away. That's the hope, but I can't, I I don't want to assume anything. I'll do it for you. Um, So from, from the training perspective, right? Like the race triples in, in duration, say if we're saying 20 minutes is the the longest one, which generally it is. Oh, what's like your favorite CrossFit workout then? Are you into like the Murphs or like the hero wads? Yeah. Are those like your, your jam or are you kind of like, or is it, or is it like something like a, like a Jackie that's like pain cave immediately, but nothing really like overly technical or something. Um, I, those like the short girl benchmark workouts. So like Fran, like 2159 of like thrusters and pull-ups or like Diane, same thing, 2159 of deadlifts, yeah, and push-ups, workouts like that that are like three-ish minutes plus or minus. Um, those suck. Those hurt so bad. <laughs> Not so much during the t- during it, but it, it's like how much, how long can I be hurting for after this three-minute workout? Those suck. So I definitely like the longer ones a little bit. Um, but like favorite workouts, probably um, some open workouts. So like, I don't, I think 19.1, it was a 15 minute AMRAP of 19 wall balls and 19 calories on the rower. Uh-huh. Like, all right, put your head down, go straight motor. That's up, just motor. Up, That's up, a great one. How hard do you want to pull? Yeah. So those kind of workouts are definitely really anything that's not, if they're in terms of like CrossFit strengths and weaknesses, right? So if you've got your like, um, weightlifting, gymnastics, monostructural movements, like aerobic, cardiovascular, whatever you want to call it. The weightlifting components always been the area that's held me back relative to other CrossFitters. So as long as that barbell isn't 95% of my one rep max, <laughs> that is, I'll be right. Ready. Right. You know, that that's where, that's a place where I found I could do a lot of work as well. Like I could do more work than most people at like 85% of my max, yep. but like that's like 50% of other people's max. Okay. <laughs> so it's exactly. like, it's, it's hard to make up that type of, if they did a, a scaled games based off a of percentage of lift, I'd be in the mix, but He's smoking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting. But yeah, it doesn't work. It's so funny though, because you're right. You're like, if you're cycling clean and jerks, um, you might be able to lift it. Say it's like a 225 pound clean and jerk. Like that's pretty heavy. But for some people they're touching going that 225 pound clean and jerk because they can clean and jerk almost 400 pounds. Right. They're like, well, that's like, that's heavy. I got to do singles. I think, I think I, I saw some clip of, uh, this was a couple of years ago. It was like when Sam dancer was still in that mix, he's still around, but he's not, but he, when he was like an individual athlete, him and like two or three other monsters were doing uh grace at three fifteen. I'm right. like, dude, what? <laughs> that's insane. That's 30 clean and jerks. Yeah. Um, all right. What's your friend time? Uh, 
It's been a while. Um, I've gotten close to three minutes. I've been uh, like a little over. So like 305 or 306 or something like that. I actually got you on that one. You? I did. I was 239. I've done 239 twice. Hey, look at you go. How about that? That's a gross workout. It's tough because there comes a point where it's like, okay, you got to have somebody, you got to have eyes on you, right? Because it's like, especially in a, in a, in a workout like that, where it's like those thrusters, make sure you're below parallel, make sure you're locking out overhead. So you don't have that soft elbow at the top or like mm-hmm. you're cutting the rep a little bit short and same with those pull-ups, right? It's like, you got to have somebody yelling at you, like counting your reps for you. Cause you're like, I'm just going to shut my brain off. I'm just going to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one's, that one's wacky, man. That, that's such like, and that's the thing I've planned to do work, to do work after doing great, uh, Fran and it just doesn't No, I'm just done. It's like, a, not, like not even worth doing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like you're, it just hurts. You're coughing, your lungs hurt a little bit, and it's like, oh man, it sucks. What do you it, think? You, uh, what do you think you do a five k in? Have uh, you tested that? Are you even? Are you, are you planning to? Would you care? I have not, mostly because I'm scared. I think yeah. it's hurt. Definitely gonna hurt. Um. So no, I don't know. Right now, I don't know what I could run a five k in. I have like I've done not all out five k's, but like on the assault runner, I've run them. Um, at least in the last couple of months, like I can stay somewhere like in workouts, call it a workout, like 18 ish been in there. So like if I was really going to sell out, I don't know. What do you think? The assault runner. Assault runner is slower for yeah, sure. Seven, wait, 17, 15, 17 flat. Probably. I think if I got under 17, I would be, I'd say, wow, that was, that's good. It takes a lot. Like to get under 17, like you kind of have to be prepping for yeah. 5k stuff and i think to like back to when i when you got more mass you need to move it just takes more energy every time like, <laughs> you know you think back to like cross country and you're like i used to like that was like nothing i could like float through it and you're like yeah well you're also 50 pounds heavier so you, you're <laughs> moving more well one thing when when i saw your times and i saw your uh splits and everything i was like oh this dude must just be a monster because of how well you were cranking on the row and the ski you're not super big nope i'm like six foot like 185 plus or minus that seems to be like the weight i think that's like the, the size for yeah. a high rocks athlete yeah like i expect you because because marcus is big right marcus is tall mm-hmm. um i thought you were gonna be more more on the bigger side like that but no you're more that you're that that's you're kent's about that size because i think everything's like a give and take so it's like if you say you're like six three or something like that how much does that really pay off when you get to like most things like the lunges that's just not, I don't think that's necessarily, it's not a benefit. You take, you longer strides, take longer strides. It takes longer to go down to the ground. So is it yeah. I don't really know. And Maybe then like ball balls, uh, it's kind of a toss up too. You don't have to throw it that high, but your squat's going to take what three tenths of a second longer than somebody else that doesn't have to cycle as long. We see the, um, Miriam Van Roer, uh, yeah. like, you know, she's, I don't know. Five two maybe right. she got under three minutes in the wall balls last right. time right it's crazy and like crossfitters always so like if you're a tall crossfitter that's everybody's like oh cool so you like wall balls They're like well yeah kind of like people like generally it's not as taxing because on your shoulders at least because you don't have to throw that ball quite as high like but they're not taller crossfitters aren't aren't any better like if you're doing care like 150 wall balls for time their time is not going to be any faster than whether you're six, three or five, so it was five, eight, five, <clears throat> five, eight just seems to be the, the, the height for CrossFit. Yeah. Know? Like and there's, that's got something to do with, since weightlifting is so important. Yeah. It's like, if you're too tall, like Brent Bukowski would be an outlier, right? It's like 
most people at six two or whatever aren't can't move weight like that. There's that dude who was on under on underdog athletics, uh, Matt DeLucos. I think he's oh, six yeah. four. Yep. His feet were hitting the ground when he was doing kipping pull-ups. Like that's the that sucks. Like yeah. how's that how does that work? Yeah, it was at Granite Games. And he, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he were, like asked if they could move raise the bar because he's like, listen, I can't butterfly here because my feet are hitting the ground. And they're like, Nope, sorry. Tough. We're on the opposite end, right? You got like a Colton Mertens at the games, right? He was like right at the cut line. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like the wall ball workout with the heavier wall ball. Dude's like five four legit. Maybe yeah. maybe shorter. It's like, wow. What Tough man. Yeah. <laughs> Once and this year was different, or this last year at the CrossFit Games was they um, women threw to ten foot and guys threw to eleven foot. Yeah. So another layer that they threw in on those on those wall balls, which really kind of messed people's. It's just time, right? That was so, when Tia didn't win, right? Because of that, essentially, was that was the sprint workout where it was like then they did the dumbbell snatches or barbell yeah. snatches. Uh, yeah, man, I can't remember what the exact workout is, but it was like heavy, heavy or. Tall wall ball, heavy dumbbell snatch. I don't know if they were squat snatches or what. And then like a sprint to the finish. And, I think and it, it was, was rounds. Elimination style. Yeah. So uh, if maybe I'm, it was elimination style. Yeah, 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 maybe it was. But it was like anybody that missed the target, like that was game over. The it was it. Long enough for you to make a mistake. Exactly. That's what that's what it was. I think Mal Bryan won that one. Um, that's a cool workout. But you think it like that's And that's where like, it's so crazy. So you're like, you're telling me you hit the bottom of the target on accident because you come out of the gate and you're excited. And now you went, you had the capacity. You could have gotten first place in that event, just barring no mistake. You make one mistake that costs you a second and a half and suddenly you're cut. So now you get 30 seconds in that event. That, that I think, I don't know if that one was a cut style or if it was a cumulative time. It might've been. The cumulative time ones are, they're hard to watch. Cause it's like, what's, where is anybody? Right. <laughs> like what's the total time? Right. Um, We've gone off. We've gone off the rails. Uh, for five, for five k, for five k, like I don't know necessarily think it even matters. I think it would probably be, and I don't think a lot of high rocks athletes really do have a sense for what it is because being good at high rocks and being good at five k is just like so different. It's basically being good at. I mean, it probably matters more than being good at Fran, but it'd be like being good at. Yeah, I don't know a 10, 12 minute CrossFit workout. Right. It's like not, and I think, not exactly the same thing. And like, because you. How many runs do you go into of the eight that you feel good? That you're not like, that your body's not hurting a little bit? Two? Uh, two. <laughs> yeah, you can be, like on the ski, it's like, if you if you keep it cool, maybe. Do you get blown up in your upper body for that, or are you just gassed? Uh, no, it's like, I'm breathing a little bit, but upper body feels pretty okay. Yeah, when I when I was first starting ski, like I, would, I think I was doing a little bit too much arms, mm-hmm. and I would come out a little bit pumped. Um but like you, that can happen. You can come out of there and be like a little, uh. when you ski, do you go like down and like out and back up or do you go down and then a little bit more straight up? Really? I go straight back up. I don't, I don't, do you go out? Uh, no, if it's, if it's a shorter, if we're talking like higher power output, like a X number of 15 calories in a set or something like that versus a thousand meters, um, a little bit more wide and down because it's powerful and it's like a little bit more rhythmic, but across a thousand, if you're going to spend almost four minutes on there, it's efficiency. Save that energy straight down, straight up kind of deal. Exactly. And it's I, lower return and you're like, okay, breathe. Good. Breathe. Good. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot around, uh, around with the, the, my arm bend on it too. There's a couple different camps of thought around this gear where it's like there, if you ever look at the power arc or whatever they call it yeah, on the, on the, on the, on the PM five, like 
uh, I was watching or uh, reading something. This one guy was saying it's like the highest point of power should be that first kind of pull. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just like an aggressive drop down and it should be kind of like a steep arc or if you're on the road, it's kind of like a gradual big long pull where, yeah. and so when I look at it, if I do a big long pull on the ski, I don't get that huge spike at the top. It kind of gradually goes out. Mm-hmm. So, so I've been playing around with it a little bit more and just kind of being a little bit more bent and keep my cadence up a little bit more and really trying to be powerful up front. Okay. I don't know if it makes a difference. I don't know what, I don't know if I like it. It feels okay. Like in terms of pace, it doesn't, it hasn't changed too much, mm-hmm. but I feel like just having one, one point where I pull real hard and the rest is almost recovery. Yeah. So it was like a big pull where it's, it's pretty active the entire way through. Um, if you but, keep that short arm, if you keep that bent elbow a little bit, what does that put your like RPMs at? It will move them up. Um, I would, I'm usually probably at like 40. If we're doing thousand meter, I'll probably be like 43, 44. Okay. Cause then it's not as low either. Like they they teach you like ears to pocket. Oh, stay tight. Okay. Yeah. Kind of staying tight. Um, it feels like less exertion from each pole, but it's more like, yeah. Higher strokes per minute. Yeah. Um, What do you do on the road too? Do you hammer that or do you do uh, in terms of, I know you hammer it, but do you, is it longer pulls or are you kind of keeping your strokes per minute higher on that too? Um, strokes. No, so it's slower. Like 24, 25 ish. Yeah. And mm. especially at that point. Yeah. Probably, probably 24 to 26. Okay. And, um, in the first part, at least what I've kind of been doing and was just cause it feels comfortable is I start not reaching all that far towards the, the flywheel. And I'm, it's almost like kind of like a three quarters of the pull. So like, I don't reach super far just to almost like relax for a second. Like let my butt take a break, let my legs kind of take a break and kind of just pull like big pull with the back and pause here in the back for just a second. Like with that handle, right. Kind of bottom of your chest, top of your belly, mm-hmm. and then kind of ease into it as you go. So like then by maybe 150 or 200 meters, now it's like normal long strokes. Kind of strokes. Cause it does feel like kind of hustling. Like you're hustling. This is whole race, like hustle, hustle, hustle and get there. And you have a chance to really kind of slow things down a bit. It does feel nice. Yeah. Without losing, like, I think slowing it down, going with a slower stroke rate, you're not losing time. No, really. And it, it but again, it's the same thing as a skier. It's like, you could hammer it and you could go, like you could go balls out. You could sprint it, but what, how much time are you going to make up? I know. And are you going to be able to maintain that? So that's, that's the part. And it, round five is a, like at that point in the race, it's, it's a, you could, it could go either way depending <laughs> on how you run, you know? So it's like, okay, maybe you need to take a second and take inventory of yourself. And it's like, all right, it's an, it's a spot to think a little bit. So you're like, okay, collect yourself because you're not moving super fast. Don't necessarily think ahead, but be like, okay, I got to be able to maintain this run. And we're getting into, you know, we got that farmer's carry, which goes fast. We got lunges, which stuff and wall balls where we're going to try not to die. <laughs> that's how are we going to maximize those next three? That's really when I know, like I mentioned, like the sled push or ski, like feeling good to like, it's like, okay, this is going to go up. But if I can get on that row and do what I want to do, mm-hmm. that's how I actually know if it's going to go well. Yeah. But if it's not there, I'm, I, I'm just not able to fake it. Have there been races where you say, what's, what do you normally like to hold on the row? Like, like 150. Okay. Yeah, I'm a little on the slower end. Where you've gotten on the rower and it's been like your efforts there, but it's like two minutes. 
<laughs> kind of in LA. I was like, I'm good. And it started, to, I started like 152 and I was like 154 all of a sudden. And I was like 156. I was like, just fucking finish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did you pull fast in LA? What's that? Did you pull fast in LA or were you just surviving at that point? Uh, I was more survival mode. I think I was, I don't know what my split time was overall, but I, w- I believe I was in, because I had Rylan on one side and I had Mark Howe on the other. Yeah, because Mark was coming at that point. And Mark was moving at a pretty good pace. So I was like, okay, stay where he's at at least. And I think it was like 144, 145 or something. Oh, wow. So decent, like not not too bad. Um, but it felt like a lot of work for where we were at in that race. Again, I think that's fast enough. Yeah. I don't think people are going to be going 140s. Like, I mean, until we get to like the, the hunters, right? Like I think Kent will be 145-ish or so. I think that's typically what he'll what he'll be. I don't think he was that fast in LA. Um, so have you been running a lot more? Yeah, definitely been putting in a lot more run volume. So the week before LA, uh, we got our first assault runner. I spent way too much money on it, but I was like, well, it just bought, just bought it new, and I need an assault runner so I don't have excuses. Yeah, um, there's there. I don't understand why they're so freaking much. Apparently, there's not much maintenance on them. Yeah. And they're cool. I mean, they have like lifetime warranties. So if the belt goes, oh, they'll replace it for you. Um, like not on the monitor. So like, I'm sure, but they cost like a hundred bucks to replace the monitor or something like that. But if you sweat in them enough, they're going to break down eventually, but all the mechanical components have a lifetime warranty. So like it's worth it, but it's like the assault runner at least like $4,000. At least. Yeah. Right. Like just, and like, you can't find them used. Right. And if you do, the lifetime warranty. Right. And if you do that, it's, you're not saving anything. It's no. like, you can save money on shipping, but you got to drive an hour to go pick it up. That's just, I've been on marketplace. I'm going to get a rower tonight actually. And like their, that okay. was their pitch. They are selling it for like 900 bucks. Like, Oh, you don't have to pay taxes or, or uh shipping. I was like, this is used. Yep. <laughs> like yep. this isn't new. What are we talking about? It's a for, crazy concept, isn't it? For but, weights too. Cause they're, I mean, weights are hard cause they still work. They're yep. still what the, the, what the poundage is. So they're like, yeah, still $2 a pound. It's like, <sighs> yep. It's, it's a, I don't understand it, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been running a lot more. I've been trying about four days a week. Nice. So I don't know exactly what the right answer is. Um, I don't, and I'm not like, it's going to make me sound like a pansy, but what I don't want to do is run too much and then have, uh, like, I just don't want, I don't want an injury to be holding me back. For sure. So I'm kind of, all right, how much volume can we put on it without doing too much? Right. Um, so, and that's like, two longer, steadier, like volume, call them volume days. And then two, all right, we need to pick the pace up because we need to be able to run certain splits for a thousand meters. So if you want to be fast, you need to run fast. For sure. And that, that seems like enough, especially, and like, that's the easy thing, right? It's like, okay, I got to get better at running. Like let's start running 60 miles a week, but that's definitely how people get hurt or overtrain, like not building into it. Like I'm sure you'll, you could get there if you wanted to, but there's so much other stuff that we could do. That mm-hmm. I, I think still translates pretty well because the speed, it's not that fast. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But it's, it's, it's a weird way to think about it because it's like, okay, yeah, you, you maintain this pace that you're like, you can hit. Like if you're going to do, you could do eight by 1,000 repeats at the exact race pace you want to hold and you don't need much rest between them to be able to maintain that pace. No, it's not very fast. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, it's pretty comfortable. And if you're just running and you didn't have the stations between, you could probably hold a conversation all the time. Yeah. You could do all 8K in a row and be like, right. this is just a regular, it's not a regular run. It's like, this is a, like a little bit up tempo, like challenging run, but I'm fine. So it's, it, 
it's interesting. And then it's like, I don't know, in the race, it's like, yeah, they're all, so how do you, how do you keep that leg turnover? How do you keep that pace when, when it hurts, when you don't want to, when you're breathing hard or when your stomach kind of hurts or when you feel like you got a little bit of throw up right here or something. Yeah. yeah, Right. Like how much speed and reserve do you actually need? Right. It's something I'm not quite sure about yet. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's interesting, but it's fun to play around with it in training. So like pairing, um, either like a time domain or a distance at a certain pace and then pair it with something that's going to make that run harder. So either something that raises your heart rate or something that taxes the muscles that you need to run. So like, you know, like skiered or uh, like, I guess that would be more heart rate. So like if you pair it with like a sled a or a ski or a assault bike, that's going to raise your heart rate, which is going to make running harder or heavy sled push or like a GHG sit up or something like that. That's going to make that leg turnover harder. Hmm. Cause I feel like getting out of some stations, like when you're in that rock zone, sometimes the hardest part is just putting one foot in front of the other to get <laughs> up that speed. Do you feel like that's your life for me? Sometimes is in high rocks it, it, to me. The, it, and generally my breathing is, is, uh, is a strength of mine, but that's when I know I've gone overboard is when I, when I can't control my respiration rate. Usually I can get my legs going a little bit better, but like that's when I know I've overdone it when my respiration rate is so high and I, I, I'll come out of a sled push and be like, start running and be like, Oh man, I actually, I don't have control right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think, I don't know. I'm still learning. I, mm -hmm. my, when I was in LA, um, my uncle was at the race, my uncle Jamie, he, he, he's, uh, he lives in LA and, um, he's on like triathlons and stuff like that. He's a big swimmer. And coming out of one of the stations, I don't know if it was Burpee Broad Jumps or if it was, I think it was the row actually, because it had that little, like, you kind of run around, you run back down. Yeah. And they were right in front of us on the row. It's they not could, a like... long way out, but yeah, he's right there. Yeah. And I got off and I, I must've been running kind of slow. And he yelled at me, he's like short, like, um, man, what did he say? Oh, he said fast feet. He's like fast feet, Colin, fast feet. So it was like, I shortened up my, my stride length and I just tried to increase that cadence because it was like, for whatever reason, I just wasn't. I was like slogging along, <laughs> right? I'm not going to get up to speed until I'm out on that run course. And now that's what it could be five extra seconds. That much longer feeling sorry for myself. Right. Yeah. And that's like, like, cause on the run too, it's there, like how you're saying with, um, like on the ski or the row, like it's slowing down that your pace will benefit you, benefit you that much more later in the race on the running side of things. I'm not too sure like if you speed up five seconds per like pace per mile, if that's going to do anything, you know, I don't know how much different that's even going to matter because if it's just the fatigue that's setting in and it's how much you're worried about for me anyway, also how much I'm worried about like the rest of the stations versus in like how I'm like, but if I can run a little bit faster, would it even change anything? Like I haven't determined that yet. Yeah. It's a balance. It's a balance. Right. I mean, I don't know. Cause when you look at it on paper, you're like, okay, I got eight runs. Right. So that's a lot of opportunity. If you can take five seconds off each run and maintain that, but then that's assuming that everything else can stay the same right. with a five or 10 second faster run, whatever that might be. That could be, if that, if that's possible, then that's, that would be the improvement you want to make because there's so much to be gained there. Five times, eight, 40 seconds. And really probably what it is, is raising your ceiling on everything. Right. But, and then it's, yeah, cause it's, you're just, yeah, it's, you're enduring. Like it's, it's painful. Yeah. You're right. It's painful for 60 minutes. So if you're, if your pain can go from here, this is what I can maintain for 60 minutes to here. 
and then everything is a couple seconds quicker or you don't slow down quite as much, that's probably, that's where the needles move more than anything else. I know. And that's like, uh, it's, that's a hard way to train. It's less fun to train that way until you're, for me, until I'm like really into it. It takes about, it takes some time for me to really wrap my head around being like, all right, I got to go do this 75 minute workout and it's going to suck from minute 30 to minute 75. <laughs> like it's not going to be fun at all. And that's like the whole purpose of the workout. Yeah. Um, take some time to like really get excited about that. I think definitely. Cause there are some workouts you start, you're like, all right, can I warm up for a little bit longer? What else? Do I need? <laughs> yeah. Do I need some more water? And you're like, let's stay focused. But I think that's, I want to say fun, but that's not the right word, but that's part of the fun with this with like high rocks training is like, all right, you need to do some hard shit because if you don't, you're not going to be ready for when that, for when that hard comes. So if you can make like, if you, if you hit those training sessions that are like, all right, what's the right way to say it? So like, if you do something like it gives you that confidence come race time or when it's time to execute to be like, you know what? I've done hard things before. I felt this. I'm not going to be off the deep end here. I do this. This is what I do. I'm ready. I'm Mm -hmm. ready. And I think there's a lot of volume and training that we can put in to like, I don't know if it's exponential, if there's a point where it's like, okay, we don't, we can try to maybe get faster now on different pieces, mm-hmm. but the, but the volume and the enduring needs to happen first in this where another uh, events with Deco in particular is like the speed matters. And like, you can kind of put it all together. This like the huge base needs to be first. It seems like, and then once you can do that, the speed matters on the rest of the way down. If you don't have that endurance, be like that base, like the rest of it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I think, and I'm, I think you see that play out like everybody that's been successful. That's been the case. I don't think there've really been any outliers. <sighs> With like low volume athletes. Nah, maybe in the beginning. Like, cause how are you going to hide? You can't hide. You can't hide. You can't fake it. Nope. And people try, you know, like, but that's going to get you to a point. Maybe that gets you to the 30 minute mark or the 32 minute mark or whatever. And then it's game over. Right. Maybe you have the fastest sled push of the day, but right. uh, you finish 25th or something. Right. So congratulations. <laughs> What's your ski and row 2k? Um, actually, here I just, I, I figured that was going to be something you were going to ask. Me. I'm interested. I, I got to know where I got to get. So I got to ask you. Um, I've 2k row. Um, I've gone six twelve, so I maintained oh, one thirty three, and it was like negative split. So I think it was like a one thirty five, one thirty four, one thirty three, one thirty two, one thirty one across five hundreds. Tallin. Um, and then ski, I don't have that written down. But then my one k row, uh, three minutes flat, so one thirty. Okay. Um, Oof. which I don't think is insane. Um, it hurts. That, that's where. Uh... You know, that's where there's opportunity, right? Like we're actual professional rowers. It's not insane for professional rowers, but it's pretty good. I think that this is, that's probably pretty good for CrossFitters. Yeah. And I think, and it kind of goes back. It's like, yeah, pretty like it'll hold up to whatever the task is kind of deal. Yeah. You're not going to get, you're not going to get beaten a workout if there's rowing in it because of the rowing. That's right. That's the hope. Or if there's, it's like, whatever the workout might be. I don't really have a good example off the top of my head, but it's like, if there's, if there's a enough of that aerobic work, so whether that, whatever machine that might be, have the ability to catch back up. So if there's something that's going to hold you back, like a heavy barbell, for example, and you're going to get to that rower, I don't know, 15 seconds late or something like that compared to the field, 
have the capacity to be able to catch back up and not uh-huh. kind of do right. it. Like, does that make sense? Like, so you're saying no, like the, it's, that's how I feel about running on CrossFit, right? Like whatever is happening in the gym, right? There's a run longer. If there's a run longer than if there's an 800 meter run or longer, a run longer than 400 really for CrossFitters, like I'll cover that distance. Right. You know, if it's, if if it's a weight that I can even do on the barbell. Right. Um, So kind of the same way on the, on the road, it's like being good enough at that to cover some of the holes on other sides of things. Yeah. And it's, um, it's not exactly the same, but at the Rogue Invitational in the fall, um, Roman Krennikov, do you know who Roman Krennikov is? Mm-hmm. The, he was being interviewed after he won um, the DT with a spin. So it was five rounds of 15 cal echo bike, 1296, mm-hmm. deadlift, hang clean, shoulder overhead. I think that makes DT easier. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's more DT in my, my, yeah. my speed. About worst workouts or least favorite workouts in CrossFit. DT. I was just telling somebody this. I was like, barbell cycling for cardio. I hate it. DT is yeah. my least favorite workout. Yep. Heart rate's jacked. And if that barbell's on the ground, you're not making progress. <laughs> right. You're like, let me, let me run a 400 between rounds or any, literally anything. Let me great. burpees between rounds, anything. Um, but he was being interviewed afterwards in his translate. So like it might've gotten lost in translation, but it was hilarious. He was like, I knew I was going to win this workout because I could recover on the echo bike faster than everybody else could bike fast could go hard yeah, yeah. that's why like so i'm biking faster than you and i'm recovering so i knew i could win you're like dude that's awesome <laughs> you know uh Makita and i had a conversation one time we we're talking about like what could roman krennikov do in a deca strong could he be like in nine minutes could he be like ridiculous you still need to do some deca strong stuff right um i have i've not done a deca strong before i've done one deca mile okay how'd that go it was pretty okay. The, uh, man, nine, I did 1940 something. 19, okay. You're under um, 20 or it's rock solid. Say again? If you're under 20, it's usually really good. Then like under 19 is, is kind of like where, um, like the top 12 for like the DECA championship would be. Okay. I, I learned, I practiced like the stations to make sure I kind of understood like the flow of it. Um, and when I went to do it, the, the 160 meters was like 80 out, 80 back. And then you ran through um, a doorway, not like a, not a garage door. Like no, I know. Yeah. Door entryway. And I'm like, how are you going to run? <laughs> it's just, that's just how they are. They're always there wacky. A couple places where you're like, ah, it's stopping me dead in my tracks. Definitely. Um, fun, hard, interesting. Oddly enough, the, the like Ram burpees at the end, I don't know if it was the rubber that we were doing on or whatever, but it's like, I felt like I was sliding all over the place. You're like, all right, hit these burpees really hard, but my like feet aren't staying on the ground. Huh? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> you got to pull yourself back up to the yeah, ramp. <laughs> like like my face on the ground on these ramp That makes no sense. <laughs> um, but it was fun. I, there's one, there's a deck of fit in Knoxville. Knoxville. And is it March? I think March. So we're going to, we're going to give that a try. We'll Let's see. Go. A lot of running. And again, that's, that's what we're working on. So we'll see. But that's, I mean, and there's like, yeah, practice those little movements like that. Cause there's some know-how to it. Like, you know, if you go into a CrossFit class and you do Fran and you've never seen CrossFit before, like you're going to get smoked, even if you're like stronger and have a bigger capacity than everybody, just cause you're like, you don't know how to do it. Right. Um, there's a lot of that with Deca too. Yeah. I think, and, um, yeah, for sure. And one of my, um, my, one of my girlfriend's best friends, um, Taylor Williamson did the strong yeah. in, uh, in AC. City. And, uh, 
Yeah, she was saying, she's like, I just didn't know how to be efficient enough. I would be, yeah. I, I, so you, did, you, got, you had a chance to talk to her about it? Uh, yeah, a little bit. She was a little, she, she's uh, competitive. So she doesn't like to talk about things when she doesn't really do that well. <laughs> I thought she was going to come and murder everybody. Yeah. But she must not have put the, uh, the, t- the time in. Like, uh, yeah. Well, and she, she had just graduated from, or she, just shortly after she graduated from PA school. So it was all like, she does, she's like superhuman. She's a superhuman. The, so she's a physician now. But she's, oh, wow. for the last two or three years or however long that PA school is, she's been competing and winning at the CrossFit Games while being a full-time student. So, like, at the Games, like, in August, the, the, the Games, not just leading up to the Games, like, between events, she'll be taking, like, tests online. Oh, my like God. <laughs> which is nuts. I don't know anybody else that can manage that kind of thing. But, yeah, she's super. So, she's done, is she done competing? Is she going to uh, be on? Because that team is sort of around? With With – can't say. Don't know. Okay. Be like in like two weeks, we'll be able to say. But yeah. Right. So, cause the open's coming up. Um, not, not that long. A couple weeks. couple weeks. When it, are you going to do it? Uh, it's, it's interesting this year. So the rules are, it used to, in, in years past, and at least, at least since COVID, you had three ways that you could like submit scores for the open. You could perform them at an affiliate with a registered judge. Or you could submit a video to CrossFit. Yeah. Now this year you have to perform a Madden affiliate and you have to have a registered judge. So oh. if I want to do the open, I would have you to have to go to Mayhem. Yeah, and affiliate. Just go down to Mayhem. So go hang out. I think that's probably what I'll end up doing. Part of me is sad that I don't get to do it in my gym, but um, yeah, I think I probably will. Just because <sighs> it's fun and I've done it for the last however many years. Now I haven't been doing you know, like with, um, like in high rocks training, it doesn't really matter how many ring muscle ups you can do unbroken or right. how many best of our pull ups you can do unbroken. So that volume is definitely going to be a lot lower. Barbell cycling is not going to be quite as good just because don't we, need don't, to. we don't need that. Um, but that's okay. Really the, like that open, that's a reflection of where you're at, you know, whatever it changes every year. So it's For like sure. the, the first year I did the open, I'll pull it up. And it's like, that's terrible. I couldn't, you know, you're still learning how to do all the movements. And like, if you can RX a workout, you're like, sweet, you know, in the open. But then, so every year, you just kind of progress a little bit. So when did you start? Say again? When did you start? Uh, my first open would have been in 2018. Okay. Yeah, so 2018. And I was probably, I bet you I can find out really quick. Um, 2018 is not on the app. But in 2019, 3,000th in the Open, 128 in 2019. And then this last year in 2022, um, I finished 74th in the Open. You did? Overall? Overall. Holy shit. Yeah. So, and that's because, so the Open, and I'm sure you know, so the the Open, at least this last year, was only three workouts, Uh three weeks long. And the workouts were um, just capacity based. So the first workout was a, I don't remember the duration, but it was three wall walks. 14 or 15 minutes. It was pretty long. Or maybe 16. It was wall walks, dumbbell snatches, and box jump overs with step down. Um, Three, nine, 15 or something like that was the ref scheme. Three. Uh, Yes. It was like a lot of of turning around on on that box. Yeah, 12 maybe. Yep. And so it was just like this 
the minimum strength requirement is to move a 50 pound dumbbell. You know, so at that point it's what's your cycle rate and how can you maintain that pace for the duration of the workout? So all it's just work capacity. And then that second one was one, two, three, four, up to 10, and then back down to one of deadlifts and bar facing burpees. And the deadlift was 225. So it's not heavy. So you can stay unbroke, you can do, you can stay touch and go the entire time. So again, it's, can you maintain those bar facing burpees without slowing down? Both of those answers was yes, I can maintain a pace without slowing down. And then that last one was a take on Fran kind of with mm-hmm. the ascending light, weight, light thruster, pull up, moderate thruster, chest of bar, and then heavier thruster, muscle up. Mm-hmm. I think it was 27, 21, 15. Uh, was it that many? I think so. It was more than the 21, 15, nine. It was but 15 the bar muscle ups? 95. 115, 135. Yeah. And so, dubs. Did you mention dubs? There's dubs in it. Oh yeah. There were double letters. Yeah. This, like it was times three. For no reason. Yeah. Like no, very few double letters. So yeah. all of it, there was nothing, um, nothing heavy about it, which is awesome. But then we got to the quarterfinals and we had the, um, the other total, which was a one rep clean one rep bench press, one rep overhead squat. And that is not a workout that I'm going to um, be very good at. And that was your end of your games? Yeah. Because yeah. that, that <laughs> then from the from the quarterfinals to the semifinals, they take the top 100. Last year, at least, they took the top 120 to, or from North America to the, to the semifinals. And that's the point of the quarterfinals, right? To yep. find like the, like the like low skill stuff, capacity open get everybody move along and then filter it out even further usually yeah. around usually with strength stuff yep yeah yeah strength higher skill gymnastics or more gymnastics capacity something that's like right it's gonna it's gonna limit most people and it's gonna show you who's you know because it's like anything there's levels to it so it's like you can be good but then there are people that you you're like yeah those people are actually good mm-hmm. you know so it's February 16th through March 6th. So that's super soon. Two weeks. Yeah. And then I think the quarterfinals are not very long after that. No, March, like March 16th, I think, just yeah. like 10 days later. So, and that'll be interesting. I think, so that's the week after the, the North American championships. These, um, I see there are a lot of people in, in High Rocks that seem to race weekend after weekend after weekend, like back to back. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> it's a lot. I don't think I don't think it makes sense to unless it's like right at championship season. It's like yeah. if you're, if there's no more building you need to do and it's just like Excellent. one two races, yeah, like then I think that works. But it doesn't make sense to do a lot. So for that, like the week between, so if you race Saturday and Saturday, what do you what do you do? You're obviously you're not. There's no improvement to be made. There's no training to be done. You just recover, get ready for the next race. Yeah, maybe it's just like you could probably race better just based off of some tactics and maybe being able to feel it one one other time. Be like it, it's still there for you, but essentially it's like a double taper, like taper in and then tape. Maybe just don't taper into that first one. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I don't know. I think about how I feel after after these races, and uh, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah, it's not hurts. great. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely need some time. It's not, it's not a little bit. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. And I'm sure with time or, or more volume and practice and repetitions under my belt, it'll feel different, but at least for these last two races, I think come that point, it's the run, lunge, run wall ball to finish. But like on Sundays, it hurts to walk downstairs. <laughs> for like sure. My quads hurt really bad. I got a little glute, little glute thing too. Yeah. Like everything. It's just like, 
man, if I don't have to use these legs today, that would be, that's probably a good thing because they're not, I can't do a lot. Bending over to pick stuff up kind of hurts a little bit. Um, where are you going to go after Chicago? Any other races um, planned? Um, I haven't really thought that far ahead. Nice. This race. We'll kind of see, yeah. Focus on, focus on the task at hand, see how that goes. So that's kind of how it's been so far. Like after Chicago in November, I didn't necessarily plan on running Los Angeles. Um, just cause just, you know, focus on Chicago, see how that goes and then assess after that. So we'll see. I really, I, I hope I perform. I'm looking forward to performing well, um, at Navy pier. Uh, my, my family is from like Northwest Illinois. Um, so a little bit North of the city. So I'll have the, ch- the cheering squad there that I'm looking forward to. So hopefully they can just yell at me, uh, you know, get that like positive reinforcement or whatever, you know, quick feet. Yeah. Some exactly. cues for you. So yeah. it always helps to have people cheering you on. That's for sure. Well, I'll be there. I'll be cheering you on. I'll be looking forward to seeing how you, how you'll do. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you taking the time. It's been really cool to, to get to know you a little bit and I'm um, looking forward to seeing what you got for the rest of the year. It's going to be great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It, uh, it's a pleasure. Hopefully, uh, I used full sentences. I don't think I swore that much. So that's I don't think at all. I think you did great. Not too bad. Nice job, dude. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Take it easy, Rich.